All right, it's episode 46 of the Michiana People podcast. In this episode, I talked to Kirk Saffel, who is a recent and very good singer-songwriter. We talked about the first time I saw him perform at the Acorn Theater and the musical road since then. He's recorded his first EP with Nate Butler from Shiny Shiny Black, which is being mixed and should come out soon. We also talked about some of the stuff we weren't expecting to talk about. It got kind of existential, and I liked it. Check out the uh, Michiana People podcast Facebook page and Twitter account for a contest where you can win tickets for a two-day pass to the Hall of Heroes Comic Con in Elkhart. This is going to be a very cool Comic-Con, and these tickets are worth 60 bucks. so check it out. That's running up until Friday of this week, and all you got to do is uh, share a post or retweet a tweet, and you can do that every day and win tickets to this really cool Comic-Con. He's got the Mystery Science Theater 3K or whatever the, whatever it is. The Mystery Science Theater folks are going to be there. Dean Kane from Lois and Clark. A bunch of Marvel, Marvel and DC animators. It's just going to be really cool. Mabletronics is a sponsor and I work there. How long could your business operate if you could no longer use your software or connect to the internet? How much of your business data can you afford to lose? What level of productivity do your computer users need to maintain in order to stay profitable? If you'd like to talk to me about your computer network and know where you stand, you can call me at 574-537-5838 or email me at scurtis at mapletronics.com. There's no charge for my consultation or network evaluation. Give it a shot. If you're a business owner or in business development, you might have noticed how much harder it is becoming to get people's attention. As technology improves, the ability for consumers to choose when, where, and how they are exposed to a business's advertising or messaging improves too. Vala Marketing takes an interactive approach to getting and keeping attention using things like great social media, mobile-friendly websites and applications, search engine optimization, and original content creation. Vala can manage your entire digital marketing efforts on a monthly basis. If you're having trouble keeping up, would like to grow, or just need to figure out how to get people in the door or on your website, Vala Marketing would like to speak with you. Give them a call at 574-606-6696 to set up a free consultation or a free audit of your digital marketing efforts. So here comes Kirk Saffel. It was a great interview, and there's a musical number afterwards that Kirk kindly did for me. So check it out. All right, Kirk, thanks for uh, coming all the way to Mishawaka. Are, are you from Crown Point? Is uh, actually, Chesterton. Chesterton, okay. Yeah. That's that's pretty close, well, That's right? where I live. I'm yeah. from Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, you're an Okie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not from Muskogee, though. Okay. <laughs> the first time I saw you was, I don't know how many months ago it was, but it was at the uh, singer-songwriter competition at the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks. And we didn't we didn't come to see you. Uh, we, I was uh, I had just interviewed uh, Jake and Jess from Starheart, and they were doing it, so we we went to see them and support them. And my wife and I went, and uh, you came up and just totally blew us away. And you were the one that my wife said, you know, he's something special. You know, yeah. there's there's something yeah. really really authentic about him. Yeah, and cool. and she's never one to really want to go up and talk to people but she was like i want to go talk to him yeah <laughs> and, and so we came yeah we we, yeah, yeah. we we came and talked to you and i just thought holy cow you're great and then i find out that you had been doing songwriting for only about a year up to that point 
yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so you were really yeah. new to it. Mm-hmm. One of the things, and and I don't know if I'm way off base here or not, but one of the things when I listened to you, because I saw you there and I saw you at um, New Paradigm when you were with um, with Shiny Shiny Black yeah. and the other gentleman, I can't remember his name. And... Uh, <laughs> second yeah <laughs> but he he was good too yeah. but uh i've seen so many so many bands lately and so many uh, uh uh musicians i can't remember them all but anyway you you were there but what i get from your acoustic style frank is, rivolo sorry. yeah there we go frank yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry i don't I yep. didn't mean to interrupt yeah i just want to make sure yeah because i just messaged him that uh-huh. ago, so i just i'm bad with names but yeah sorry. <laughs> when you get older it's worse yeah. But what I get from your your style and what you do is your influences come from probably a harder rock place, um, like yeah. like like the maybe the stuff I I like like Rage Against the Machine yeah, and, and yeah. some metal and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. even though you're kind of doing doing an acoustic thing, you're yeah. you're really kind of putting it out there. Is am I off base or not, not at all? That's actually yeah. that's. Um, I think you nailed it because okay. I, I, you know, that that harder rock side has has that strong emotional uh, aggressiveness to it, and right. I, that's that's what I feel like I end up bringing out. You know? Yeah, um, or at least that's what I'm kind of going for. And I, uh-huh. you know, all these songs I never really imagined them as acoustic pieces. You know, I always, uh-huh. thought, I always thought, well, I'm gonna you know go crazy on the band with these eventually. You know? Yeah, but uh, but pragmatically, it's you know, it's it's working well with the acoustic uh-huh. and you know so I, right. I, I think i'm gonna at least these batch of songs i'm definitely gonna keep them acoustic yeah or at least you know in that realm right but, uh but yeah that's where i'm coming from uh-huh. so what was the experience for that singer songwriter competition for you did that i think that was your kind of your first time to really get into putting yourself out there and being competitive about it how, how did that yeah for um you? Yeah, for for me, I, you know, I was just writing some songs, and I would go, you know, I've, I've my brother lives in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I have a couple friends out there, so I'd go to a couple dive bars out there, and, mm-hmm. you know, play my songs, and right. you know, I'd get mixed. Well, I get anything from like people, you know, being very nice about, you know, what I thought they're uh-huh. maybe maybe they're just being really nice. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure, or just people's, you know, not really caring because they're drunk or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I did, I, I wasn't really, you know, my, my wife liked what I was doing mm-hmm. and, and, you know, she has a critical ear, uh, but, you know, aside from that, I just wasn't sure, I wasn't sure, you know, what I had or, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I guess going into that, I had done, I, I did an open mic there at the mm-hmm. Acorn and I met, uh, Sam and, uh, Heidi mm-hmm. and, um, and that probably helped me get in, get in there. Cause they, well, I think Heidi heard me right. a few of my songs. So, uh-huh. uh, but anyway, so going from dive bars to all of a sudden, you know, well, how many people were there? 200 people, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that everybody was intently listening. Right. It was, uh, it was a great experience. I mean, it was, it was kind of what I was hoping it would be like uh-huh. you know yeah uh but at the same time it was nerve-wracking and i remember yeah. i still listen to that recording of it i'm just like a little on edge because uh-huh. i'm breathing up here and not yeah. deeper you know uh-huh. and uh you know but uh it was it was amazing and then from there i, I mean i met jake and really mm-hmm. 
you know, met some other musicians. I met Chaz Hearn mm-hmm. and Joe George. And right. I've hung out with them since. Um, and I'm just kind of, you know, just playing in front of those people is one thing, but getting to know other musicians mm-hmm. and figuring out how to start piecing together right. what might be a career or at least might, what might be some uh-huh. kind of income stream. Right, right. It's really, it's really neat when you get into a situation where you've got an audience that just came to see music. Because yes. when you're playing in a, a bar, die bar, or any other thing, you've got maybe anywhere from 20 to 50% of the audience engaged, yeah. and the rest of them are loudly talking. And, yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to see a band that I just absolutely love at Ignition Music uh, on Saturday called Viseria, and they played a showcase with Shiny Shiny Black last year. And um, are they from Indy? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, oh, they yeah. Rock. Shiny Shiny Black told me. I mean, yeah. Nate Nate Nember, they've talked. Yeah. They told me about about them. Yeah. They rock so yeah, hard, yeah. and <laughs> and um, they when they played that uh, showcase, they said. It's really cool to have because the audience was just totally into it. It's really cool to have yeah. everybody listening, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you really get some validation yeah. when, when when you yeah, do and it you that can way. and you can like feel the crowd. I mean, you know, you can you know your song changes a little bit even during a performance. You can kind of emphasize things a little bit to mm-hmm. to bring in a little bit more. I I don't know much about that yet because I haven't done it enough, but yeah. I. I know just from the few times I've had just people very focused that you can change your performance a little bit to bring them in a little bit. Yeah. You know? And that's cool yeah. versus yeah. competition with, you know, right. drunks talking. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, my, my goal then was just to like overpower them talking. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been able to pull back, but uh, yeah. It was so funny because after that show, you know, it was days after my my wife would say, "Man, that Kirk Saffo was really good." <laughs> I said, "You remember Kirk Saffo? He was yeah. really good." Yeah. You know, yeah, that's great. And that's and, great. and, and some things, some things just click. Um, yeah. We, you know, my wife and I have varied music tastes, and hers go one direction, mine go the other direction, and they they converge at a point at, yeah. sometimes. And and I think you and uh, Paul Erdman are the two that we just oh, yeah. absolutely oh, fell yeah. in love with. And, oh, and yeah. he's a performer. Man. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we'll do whatever it takes to yeah. go see him. Yeah. And so that's... That you know, anytime you, especially especially when you've been, you know, I've been immersed in music uh, for, you know, I I started becoming a music fan when I was like six years old, listening to my mom's old forty fives, and so I kind of for a period of time stopped getting excited about music and just yeah. listened to the old stuff. And when you find new stuff, it's just like getting a new present, and yeah. and yeah. it's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So you've been. Um, Go, going through your history, I mean, you know, first of all, when did you first start playing guitar? Uh, I think it was uh, 1920. Okay. Just fiddling. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I was never focused on anything. I never mm-hmm. really want, and I had this weird thing. I, I wanted to, like, I didn't want to learn any other songs because I, like, you know, had this idea that it would just kind of, like, come out of me and that I would make uh-huh. something different, you know. Yeah. But then there was no rigor or there's no practice involved right. in that. So yeah. it was like I don't know, it's just like a just an idea. Yeah. You know? Um and then through my throughout my twenties, um, yeah, I had, you know, between 
stopping playing, and then I started playing, helping out. I was actually helping out with my church a little bit uh-huh. in Oklahoma, um, just playing some background, uh, you know, a little bit of lead guitar type mm. stuff with electric, and uh, you know, I started kind of getting that, I you know, getting it back, you know, mm. and thinking of, thinking about music and you know, and how it goes together and <clears throat> um, and and stuff. So I, I I would say that I didn't spend a lot of my a lot of my time trying to be good mm-hmm. you know it was just something i just enjoyed doing yeah um and uh i, I yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was i don't know it was it wasn't to like perform in front of people necessarily right uh, you know it was i was always kind of in the back yeah and, yeah uh well after after that uh, uh singer songwriter competition i started seeing your name popping up yeah. So you, at, at that point, you must have decided, okay, this is something, and you kind of put yourself out there. How? First of all, yeah, I don't understand so much. Well, I, I understand a little bit because I've I've done some hookups with venues myself now. Um, when you are trying to promote yourself and get yourself into gigs and stuff like that, how do you do that? For me... I think trying to become friends with people who are the next level up uh-huh. from wherever you are, or right. even maybe several notches up. Uh, I got to talk to Jake mm-hmm. and love that guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, from uh, from Starheart. Right, and he um, first of all, I, I think he loves music. He and he loves supporting music. He really does, like more yeah. than almost anybody I know. Yeah, and he's just a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from talking to him, I was just kind of, you know, he had mentioned, hey, if you want to get to the South Bend area and wanted to play some shows, just hit me up. Mm-hmm. So I did. Yeah. And uh, he was like, okay, you need to try here and here and here and here. Mm-hmm. And so it got, just kind of went from there. And, um, you know, I mean, shoot, he saved me. And whenever I went to Evil Check, I didn't even know they needed, I didn't know I needed a, a PA, uh-huh. you know. And, like, <laughs> these are things that I think... Uh, you know, seasoned musicians would be like, well, duh, you need a PA, you yeah. know? And for me, it was like, there was no PA, and then I had to call him up to, and right. help, and he yeah. helped me like, yeah. very quickly. Jake is always uh, helping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I wish I could help him. You yeah. know, the problem is he <laughs> yeah. hasn't figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't know what it is. Anyway, <laughs> I have to figure some way to, to pay him back. But, um, but uh, so I, I think for any kind of like newer musician or anybody trying to get in there, it's like you have to get in contact mm-hmm. with other musicians mm-hmm. somehow and develop relationships and right. then start, uh, you know, if they like what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, they'll help you out. And I mean, if, if you're a good person, you know, uh, then that helps too. You right. Know? So, yeah, uh, I think that's kind of my route with it mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of building up. And really my goal last year, was just to get paid for one show, uh-huh. even if it was in beer. Right. You know? I was yeah. like, after I did that singer songwriter thing, I was like, <laughs> if I get, if I get one show out of this, yeah. I mean, that's my primary goal because that seems so unobtainable. Yeah. Me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then they just started. You know, I got several more. You know, yep. one yep. after the other, and uh, you you got and, a reputation, so yeah. that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah getting vetted, and then you know, yeah, move from there. So. um I don't know. That's how yeah. it went. Man, now now my goals are to really play a lot more shows after yeah. EP and everything. So, I uh, I I 
have been dabbling with uh, stand-up comedy, and I like doing the, uh, they do First Thursdays at Chicory mm. uh, stand-up, and I like doing that one because they give you a $5 gift card uh just for going out just for doing just, it just oh, for doing nice. it how many months do you have to do it? i i've only done it twice and yeah. i've never even used one of the gift cards but yeah. i feel like i've done something when yeah. they when christy hands me that card. yeah yeah how long did they give you uh, uh, say what how i mean five minutes oh five yeah okay. That's so uh five. actually the last time i went up there wasn't very many comedians so they gave yeah. me extra and i didn't <laughs> have any extra so it it's not pretty yeah. when I go up there, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing it more more just because I like really getting pushed out of my comfort zone. Oh, yeah, that's good. It, it feels that's like it feels like bungee great. jumping. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what you got to do. I mean, and that's. I mean, I'm I'm a 31 year old, you know, and yeah. uh, and just trying to start this. I mean, I understand being out of yeah. the comfort zone. I, yeah. You know. After you're 50, you absolutely have to do this kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. to stay alive. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be for me then. Bungee jumping or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So you've uh, put together uh, quite a list of songs now. You know, I, I, I've seen you play a couple times, mm-hmm. and you've got you've got plenty of songs. Where where does your songwriting come from? What kind of subject matter do you like to tackle? Mm-hmm. What you know. Uh, how does a song come to you um for me i don't know i i like honesty Mm -hmm. in lyrics um if you listen to lyrics at all um uh the great songwriters it's just that just that brutal honesty Mm -hmm. that's there um and so the only way i can do that i don't really ever sit down and say i'm gonna write a song about this Mm -hmm. um it's really whatever's kind of stewing underneath Mm -hmm. you know and um you know some i'll start writing a chord you know i'll start a chord progression or find a melody or whatever and uh i i feel like the 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 emotion leads the way to the lyrics Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that makes sense yeah um uh so i start start with that right like Uh, your trump song there was some emotion there yeah yeah (laughs) oh did you like that yeah well, maybe you didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I remain neutral. I remain neutral. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I, I have a strong distrust for that man. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and I'm not even an ultra liberal or anything. Yeah, like my wife, and, my wife and I concerned. have talked about it on end, and we what, just that song. Yeah, uh, Trump. Trump and, in general. And, yeah, and uh, we're both pretty scared. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a moderate guy, and I, uh, I come across. I've been finding myself come across as a, uh, you know, very left-sided person for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's happened, you know. Right. Uh, he's bringing out the worst in me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was actually one. I actually started, so that was an experiment, actually, because I was, but that song, I, I wanted to be like, and I still plan on doing this if I continue in my career, mm-hmm. is using as, using as like a uh, freestyle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, because the chord progression, I mean, it's very. I don't know. It's it's a fun progression to, uh, to play with and to just fit rhymes in and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's what I was started with. It was just like fitting in rhymes and right. Uh, I actually have like, a lot of other lines to that one, but uh-huh. those are the ones I kind of honed down. Right. And so, um, 
So that song I may even like start using in shows just as a freestyle. Yeah. Uh, not even talk about Trump every time. May talk about other issues. Right. You know. So. Yeah. But I always like that idea of, you know, folk freestyle type. Thing, oh yeah. You know? So yeah. Anyway, yeah. And you know, folk. That was a different one completely. That's yeah. a completely different type of song that I that I usually do. So. Yeah. The I mean, really, the origins of folk. They were talking about a lot of social issues. So yeah. that's yeah. You know, that's what. Uh, yeah. that, that's where it started. Yeah. And and. That's where, you know, that's a, a, re a really good avenue for it. Yeah. Before I forget, um, when we talk about music, have you ever listened to Screaming Trees? Mm -mm. Okay, that's that's one you should mark down. For some reason, Mark Lanigan that sings, they were like a, they were in the grunge category mm -hmm. in, in the 90s, but I don't really put them in the same category as like a nirvana oh yeah uh, they i mean they just they're different their, their songwriting was different it's, it's a little dark but it's um uh your your voice doesn't remind me of him so much but your point of view does mm. uh so yeah I, I was listening i was listening to screaming trees on the way to work uh, a couple days ago and i thought that reminds that that's Kirk Saffle right there. Oh, and, and wow. yeah, so I've, so yeah, I, I appreciate yeah, I, I, I appreciate you bringing up a different band completely because mm -hmm. I I usually get the Ray LaMontagne thing. Oh yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. I don't even listen to him. And yeah, it's like, he he showed up. It. Yeah, I was listening to a yeah. playlist that he showed up on. I really liked the song that he was singing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't get that. This their their stuff is a little darker, a yeah. little. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little more real, a little, yeah. little bit more emotion, yeah. Yeah. and you just feel like they're just—they're just totally throwing it out there. Yeah, and that's—that's yeah. that's why I mean they got stuck in the grunge category, and I—I yeah, I yeah. kind of think it's a little different. Yeah, um, yeah. but they were—I think they were like a Seattle band too. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and for me, like, you know, I, you know, I—I I felt like I don't know. I felt like. I've kind of kept myself in obscurity or like uh, contained a lot of emotions mm -hmm. or uh, masked a lot of emotions in different ways um, throughout my 20s and kind of 29 going into 30 is when I started uh, there, you know there were several things that had happened and it, it kind of led to me getting some counseling and some mm -hmm. uh, seeing a therapist and seeing you know some other things kind of uh -huh. kind of a lot of things were happening all at once and then all of a sudden all of a sudden I just had an impulse to start writing yeah and so that was you know as far as my songwriting it comes from uh, there's a lot you know my earlier stuff I, which is funny because I haven't even been writing that long but uh, it was a lot <laughs> there's a lot of pain yeah you know? and yeah. so uh, uh, you know I think that was kind of like a way for me you know I don't see a therapist anymore but I feel like I'm able to uh, I'm able to kind of get the benefit from therapy, right? You know, by by writing and getting those uh -huh. ideas out of me, yeah. you know, yeah, and sharing them. So, so 30, 30 just sucks, doesn't it? That birthday is the worst. It wasn't even intentional. It wasn't yeah. even intentional. It, I, I don't care about numbers or oh, being thirty or anything I like that. I hated 30. really. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It was uh, you know, I I was. Uh, just that's just when it all happened yeah you know it wasn't uh it wasn't i've never once thought like oh i'm 30 my life is 
over or I haven't done anything at, I didn't yeah. you know, I haven't done the things I want to do or anything like mm-hmm. that I never thought those things yeah boy uh, I but did. a crisis hit yeah so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, when the crisis hits man it's yeah. um, it, you know whether it's 30 yeah. 20 50 you know yep. it's uh, yeah yep. you know F- yeah. 50 was a breeze compared to 30 yeah yeah it was it was, it was uh, 30 <laughs> was rough that was the last time I got blackout drunk and yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, the, I I remember the waitress putting an empty gin bottle on the on the table, oh. saying, "You started and finished this." Are you and, serious? Yeah, oh, it was, man. wasn't good. Oh. So yeah, that was uh, th- that was that was last. Well, I wouldn't say it was the last time I got stupid drunk, but it was uh, one of the last times. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah, thirties rough. So what I you know what I know of you is you were working as a speech pathologist mm-hmm. um, for a long time and I I remember that because one of my son's friends does that oh okay and um, and now you are kind of hitting the music as a full-time gig is it or uh, not quite okay I mean, that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. and support your family mm-hmm. uh, until you've made some kind of success, uh-huh. uh, which I haven't, right. and um, not yet. I mean, I, that's mm-hmm. my, that's fully my intention. Okay, but um, uh, no. So I I'm still a speech pathologist, okay. but um, I was working in a hospital. Okay. Now I've transferred to doing home health. Oh, okay. So now my basically my schedule is wide open and oh, flexible, okay. and flexible. Okay. And I'm trying to group all my patients into. Uh, you know, two to three days out mm-hmm. of the week, you know, and right. just hit those days hard and then have more time for practice, have more time for writing songs, mm-hmm. have more time for preparing for performances and, and uh, marketing myself, things like that. How did you and Nate Butler get hooked up? The show you went to. Okay, at really? At New Paradigm, yeah. Was that the first time you guys that met? That's the first time I met him. Yeah. Yeah. It- is he and Amber not the coolest? They're awesome, and we've met. I mean, my my wife and Amber hit it off. Yeah, we went over. We went up there because we're we're giving. My wife's pregnant, by the way. So oh, okay. She's. Uh, we're gonna have the baby up at the uh, birthing center up uh-huh. there in Goshen. Uh huh. And congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. But uh, yeah, whenever we go up there, we try to talk with them. But we had, uh, you know, uh, my wife meets with Amber. That they talk business, and you know, mm-hmm. they're both they're women entrepreneurs essentially yeah I mean, they're they're my wife and amber are go-getters mm-hmm. and um i get along they get along yeah. really well from that side and then me and nate i think our mentality is very similar yeah and, uh, <laughs> so we're not squirrel, squirrel. yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> and so we're uh you know coming from that side and we just i don't know we just hit it off yeah i'm actually and that's i'm because of that connection, mm-hmm. uh, he messaged me. He was just like, "Man, I like your stuff. I'd like to work with you." And I didn't know, really know what he meant. And mm-hmm. you know, he has his own recording studio, right? And then I'm actually recording my EP with him. So, All right. Yeah. So it was like a crazy connection, crazy how it happened and everything. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I love that guy. So, yeah. Yeah. One of my most embarrassing moments was when I interviewed Nate and Amber. I went. Uh-huh. I, I've got this portable recorder, and I just went with the recorder and it runs on batteries and they uh we start talking and i'm looking at the battery meter on it and it's on e there's there's no battery left and i'm like "Uh uh-oh and i'm thinking well that doesn't really mean anything It, it could stay on e for a couple hours but i think we got exactly a half hour in and it was 
bam, <laughs> shut right off. And I've been, I've been wanting to circle around and finish that because I didn't, they didn't get to do a song or anything. I was oh, in their studio man. and they could have, you know, it yeah. would have been easy. But uh-huh. yeah, I was, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, you got a couple double A batteries and he didn't have any. And oh man. So yeah, that was, that, that was one of my most embarrassing moments. Do you know Justin Flagel? Huh. Okay, well, I interviewed him last week, and uh, my second embarrassing moment was uh, I I was doing that, and then I do a little comedy thing, and the comics were coming right after Justin. He was going to be on that, too. So we're doing that, and the uh, file from Justin, I just checked it out real quick before I made two copies of it, uh-huh. and it was corrupted. Oh. And we had talked for like an hour, oh, and I'm like, man. Justin, the file's corrupted, and He's like, oh, I hope you can save it. And uh, so right after everybody left, I started Googling, and I, I found a program that would save it. So I ended up saving the file. Oh, you did save yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. There's one section. It's a little weird. You can, st- you can still hear us okay, but it's just it, it's just kind of funky. It goes on for like a minute. Yeah. But other than that, everything's good. And I, I, I was just devastated. Yeah. And uh, so I always make sure to format my disc before I put yeah. it back in there now. No, that's the thing is those those mistakes have to happen and everybody experiences mistakes but, yeah you know you know but it's, it's yeah you know you have your idea of good quality and you know if you've ever varies from that yeah. Like, yeah yeah <laughs> so the ep you are working with with nate on that where are you at as far as recording and all that uh, i'm recording next weekend okay actually. um and yeah, the third and fourth, and then okay. finishing up in the seventh, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm bringing in a couple friends. Actually, I'm bringing uh, Chaz Hearn. He played at the singer song. Okay, yeah, okay. He's coming in. Yeah. And, and I think he, uh, I think uh, Nate has a couple friends, like a drummer and a bassist. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be it'll songs. be cool to hear the full band experience with you. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, we're mm. gonna keep it uh, pretty simple. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, I mean, it's not going to be any big orchestration or right, anything like that, right. uh, you know, for these songs, you know. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not sure if I'll, I'm not sure exactly when I'll be able to play with a full band mm-hmm. in the future. Um, right. Uh, you know, hopefully sooner rather. Uh huh. So yeah. So you've got a little one coming. Is that your first? Say it again. You got a little one coming. You got a baby coming. Is that your first? No, this will be my third. Your third. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So how old are you, how old are your other two? I have a six year old, a three year old, and then oh, okay, and then a newborn. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, you already know that two is twice as hard as one. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so from what I understand, we only had two, but from what I understand, three doesn't doesn't compound it by three again. So. Well, I hope not. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. I mean, we're still, you know, we're anticipating not getting good rest. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as you should expect. Exactly, you know, nobody yeah. nobody does. Everybody's like, oh, they're going to sleep at this time. We're going to be able to party and have friends still. No. And, you know, do all that stuff. And then you're like, you know, you know, three months after they're born, you're wondering why you're so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I tell you what, when they grow up and one of them moves nine hours east and one of them moves nine hours south, Whoa. it's uh, it's rough. Yeah, let me tell yeah. you, it's uh, the, those first that first year after they were both completely out of the house because they both went to IU and Nathan Jessica came home almost every summer. Yeah, um, Nathan ended up working 
all the time yeah. during the summer, so we get them for a couple of weeks maybe. Yeah. And I really went through withdrawal um, when they were both gone. Yeah. It was it was rough when Jesse was gone, but we had Nathan around, and then when yeah. they were both gone, and, and then he goes to Alabama for grad school, mm-hmm. and she goes to Virginia for work, and yeah. it was it was weird. Yeah. 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 No, I. I anticipate that. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 can, I mean, we've already kind of shaped our lives around kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I can already see right. that going badly for right. me when they're. <laughs> my biggest regret. I just hope I'm busy at that yeah. point, you know? <laughs> yeah, my biggest regret, because it was so hard, my biggest regret um, is during the time that they were growing up is. My wife and I, we centered ourselves around the kids, and I didn't, I stopped reading. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know I, I read, I read voraciously before, yeah. and I do now. I stopped reading, I stopped paying attention to culture and art and stuff like that. Yeah. And I should, I really should have taken that time, because yeah. I think that would have made the transition a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, now I'm back into it, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. holy cow, this is exciting. Yeah. And a lot a lot of people my age are just like sitting at home watching tv um and a lot of people my age are doing that yeah (laughs) bitching about sports yeah Yeah. you know and and i just absolutely cannot get into that into that mode yeah so my wife and i the problem we have is finding people our age that actually want to do things yes (laughs) go out go out and experience because we're we're pretty you know we're pretty loose you know if something if something shows up an event on facebook or something like that or we see something we're like hey let's do that and we just do it and we don't have anybody we can call we've got one couple we can call it's actually a little bit older than us Mm -hmm. that that most of the time they can but they've got commitments too so so we don't it, it would be cool to have a a bunch of people our age that we're just ready to be spontaneous yeah yeah that's uh well i mean we we don't um well we can't be very spontaneous yeah you know everything yeah. we do has to be very measured mm-hmm. and most times i go out you know quote yeah. unquote is uh is when i'm playing shows yeah you know that's the one i get to connect with people and stuff because uh, you know um that's that's the tough part you know mm-hmm. of this point a lot of people my age who have kids have just whatever they're doing they've gotten rid of anything extra and it's either work and just revolving around Mm -hmm. kids and so we actually have a hard time finding people who are um, trying to do other things or trying to do more right trying to um you know um make their life more than what it just is right you know right so yeah Yeah, reaching out to people you know helping people and setting that example for your kids yeah you know i've got a couple kids that really do that kind of stuff on their own yeah and we I think we set somewhat of an example, but not not as much as I think we should have. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, you know, looking back, you know, I don't call it regret, but if I was to do it all over again, we would have done a lot more volunteering. We would have, you know, we would have been more yeah. in the community. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, that's you. Uh, you learn from your mistakes, yeah. and we're not going to have any more. So, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, hopefully. You can- you know, kind of hand that down to your kids, though. You know? Yeah, and, and that's yeah. you know that's what we you know, um, it's what we're, we're trying to hand those things down to our kids. Adventure, travel. You know, being, you know, if if you think something t- to take the steps to right to get to that. Yeah, you know, and not think of your limitations, but think of um, think of possibilities. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, you yeah, know that's 
it's tough to do. It's it's easy to be kind of bogged down in normalcy. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm careful not to say mediocrity uh, because it's so difficult. You know, right. it's, there's a lot of variables going into your life. Right. What, but, you know, it is usually easier to just turn on a show and grab a beer and sit down than yeah. it is to try to, you know, my wife's has written a book and she's mm -hmm. trying to she's tr she's getting it edited trying to get it published mm -hmm. and you know i'm working on the music and these things you know we don't have time for sports and for sitting down and watching shows right. and things like that and um you know and that's just in us to do it but right. um you know in our minds if we weren't doing that we would you know be kind of sinking into something that we don't want to be yeah um so uh but that's what we're trying to pass on our kids is, yeah is that um, you know, it never stops, you know, right. you know, that, that thing that's tugging at you it mm -hmm. never, never goes away. Even nope. if you turn 30 and have kids, yep. <laughs> it like, that doesn't stop. It's right. still going to be there and you right. have to act on it. Yeah. So yeah, you can push it down, but it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly. always there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so at three and six, your kids are, are you got a boy and girl, girls, uh, two girls two and then we're pregnant with a boy oh okay yeah. so they've got it's really cool to see their distinct personalities start oh, to they're completely come different out. yeah, yeah they're yeah. completely different yeah. yeah we knew that from the get-go right yeah when right when the second was born we're like this is a different kid yeah you know? yeah. So, yeah yeah we've we've absolutely got that with ours yeah. too my daughter was uh you know I, I always say by the time she was in third grade she knew exactly what she wanted to do with her life and uh -huh. what she she knew she wanted to get out of mishawaka yeah. and, and all that and all we had to do was give her food and clothing and yeah. she was on her way yeah we never had to look at homework we never had yeah. to do we, we yeah. never had to say hey yeah yeah go yeah. to school she was up she was yeah. ready to go my son total opposite yeah and he didn't want to go to school he didn't yeah he he only liked the classes that he liked and yeah. he was he was a math science brain and she was a, a, a english literature brain yeah. and yeah. and the funny thing is is she she was just um like a straight a student or and got like almost a perfect score on her acts and stuff like that my son who just he was like a b student only because of luck and he tested well um yeah and then he is the one who's continuing his education just yeah. stopped after yeah. four years that's the, way, that's the way it goes you know some people have prolonged adolescence you mm -hmm. know, and i've you know i think that was probably me you know yeah uh but yeah it's you know actually a lot of men don't have uh don't you know, kind of have adolescent tendencies into their twenties. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's not surprising. Right, not surprising. Yeah, so, some of them have yeah. it all the way into their fifties. True, yeah. <laughs> true. They're called alcoholics. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the one, the ones that uh, have the the uh, slick back hair and the <laughs> convertible, and oh, yeah. I see them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't identify with them, but I see yeah. them. Yeah. Very. Uh, very. Uh, egocentric yeah. yeah so what was it like growing up in oklahoma it wasn't bad mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, were you big town small town kind of in between it was okay. a smaller it was uh well it started out as a smaller suburb and had grown okay it's actually even bigger than when i was there mm -hmm. uh, it was actually broken arrow broken arrow oklahoma outside of tulsa oh, okay um but a lot of my friends were in smaller towns further outside of tulsa mm -hmm. so um, so I kind of had a mix of the suburb life and the small town life. Mm. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, religion, 
uh, as you know, it's a very Baptist type mm. state, and if that makes any sense, right. you know, it makes sense to me because I come up to Northwest Indiana and Chicago, and it seems very Catholic, right? And it's like a different, you know, I don't want to go into that too much, but the the culture is different, mm. and um, and so growing up there, you know, there were a lot of things that I considered normal that are, you know, my wife, who's from up here, she's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a little off, you know, yeah. people get married right away, and, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. you know, we, you know, everybody got married real young there, and um, everything's, I don't know, there was a, I don't know, whenever kids do anything wrong, it's always about rebellion, and yeah. being sinful and stuff, at yeah. least, at least the small group of people I was attached to, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, anyway, so, uh, but it was it was pretty good for the most part. I was able. I had a lot of freedom to kind of to kind of roam and drive around and uh, you know drive out you know find a country road and just drive for an hour in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere and, and and be able to do that kind of thing. And yeah. there wasn't a lot for me to get into too much trouble. Right. Um, so yeah, that was that was how it was for me. Mm-hmm. Though we did, you know, my parents. Um, you know, we did move to. You know, my dad was a cop. Then he had some illness then we moved to new mexico they worked out there okay. so we were in new mexico for four years mm-hmm. and then we moved back to oklahoma and so you know we kind of it was it was a little difficult you know kind of upending everything yeah get new friends then up you know how old were you when that back. happened um what was i nine yeah nine, ten. that's rough yeah and then coming back and then you've got and, friends forever at nine yeah, think? yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then I, you know, come back to middle school, and I was an awkward middle schooler. You know, uh-huh. and uh, anyway, yeah, it's uh, uh, and then you know, just you know, it's just a, it's a, it's it's a great state. You know, people whoever go who people who go there always say the people are amazing. Yeah, there's just uh, there's not a lot going on. There's not right. a lot of things to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, as far as natural. You know, naturally made things to go. Through, right. You know. Right. I mean? so yeah. Everything has to be contrived and made. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flat. Yeah. <laughs> and the heat there, man, it's like this hot blowing air. Yeah. And it's you know, you know, a, few, a couple summers ago it averaged over a hundred for like thirty five, thirty six days wow. straight. You know. And yeah. Whew. Yeah, it's I've got rough, a cousin man. in Arizona, and she yeah. says the same thing. It's yeah. rough. Yeah. yeah. Do you have siblings? Yeah, two older brothers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are they still in the Oklahoma area, or did they? No, no. One's okay. actually up in Chicago. The okay. One's uh, San Diego. Okay. Yeah. So my both my yeah. parents still live there, but I have most of my Cal- uh, most of my family's in California. Okay. So. Yeah, that's that's great. This may be kind of personal, but did you you know you were brought up in a in a Baptist atmosphere? Has your view on religion changed since you've since you've gotten gone on in age or is that do you still hold all those truths uh uh well i'm not baptist anymore Mm -hmm. um and i struggle with uh well you know it's it's uh it's a bit metaphysical you know you're you're dealing with something that's not uh you know that you can't 
when we're talking about faith, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're truly trying to believe in something that doesn't, that you can't touch, smell, taste, and that's mm-hmm. not experiential. Right. And so there's, um, yeah, there's, there's been issues with, uh, with difficulty believing, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, so I've had some difficulty going from something that was very, um, you know, ultra conservative, very, you know, actually the group that I was affiliated with growing up, they were very, um, like, like we're the chosen ones, you know? uh-huh. like we're the small group of people and there's not very many believers. And yeah. so everybody else, even if they say they're believers, <laughs> they're probably not believers. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so I came from that mentality to, you know, getting out in the world and seeing how things were, um, not that black and white mm. and, um, and, you know, um, dealing with that and, and seeing how people really struggle in the world and stuff. And, um, yeah, I'd say my hallmark now is, 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 um, is struggling with belief. Um, but mm-hmm. I would say at the same time that most people in the Bible struggle with belief. Oh yeah. And so, um, so from my standpoint, I used to feel really guilty that I didn't have this un this like this like you know like oh like I'm ready to martyr any minute you know uh-huh. kind of thing and then realize like Abraham David Moses you know all the apostles all these people mm-hmm. none of them fully believed at all times right um, and so that's been kind of my hallmark I've been mm-hmm. like uh, or not my hallmark, I keep saying that but it's been my thing now is to be okay with um, with uh, not knowing at all, mm-hmm. but, um, but, uh, yeah, I would say I'm still, uh, still, I still have faith, but I'm, I'm okay with, uh, not knowing mm-hmm. everything at all times. Right. Does it make sense? Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I think, of it, and I, you know, I, <clears throat> I mirror that to myself. I think of it as, as, you know, constantly searching for that, mm-hmm. um, and never really expecting to find mm-hmm. it. And I, you know, I I grew up in you know my family we we didn't go to church mm-hmm. until I was a teenager and then we went and I um, became pretty religious on my own and uh, then I kind of turned my back on it and mm-hmm. but then I married uh, a Catholic. Very nice Catholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 29 years yeah. this year. So, <laughs> and, yeah. and we, you know, we sent the kids to Catholic school to start yeah. and uh, went to Catholic church and stuff like that. Yeah. And I am really happy that my kids are kind of forming their own, their own yeah. belief system. Yeah. And, and I was, I was just totally stoked. My daughter got married in uh, June and mm-hmm. I was totally stoked that the, that the woman who married them was Jewish, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it was a totally non-denominational yeah. ceremony. Wow. And I was, I was like, you know, yeah. you know, they're they're they are searching, yeah, and and yeah. I, and yeah. I'm really glad that we didn't pound a a particular doctrine into, into yeah. them so hard mm-hmm. that they couldn't go out and make their own choices, yeah, and and that's really, I mean, you got whatever whatever way you go, mm-hmm. it's got to be free will, yeah. Um, or else the faith isn't real. Yeah, you know, that's that's the way I feel. Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I've I've definitely moved to more in- inclusive, mm. uh, you know, way of looking at faith because I mean, you know, I the God of the New Testament did not 
come for um, religious people. Yeah. And he pursued the worst. And I always think, like, what are the worst now? And mm-hmm. they're the ones that are being targeted by the people I grew up with, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And I was like, you know, what? why why is that okay? You know, yeah. why, why are we pushing those people away instead of, um, instead of bringing them in? And right. so, uh, yeah, I've, I've tended to go to more an inclusive route, which forces you to not, uh, forces you to not draw lines in the sand. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> if you draw lines, lines in the sand, you, yeah. you create an us and them situation, yeah. which is for God to decide, not for you to decide. Right. You know? Right. So, which on the other side, know it's belief is extremely difficult because we mm-hmm. live in a physical world right and there's as far as i'm concerned there's little to no evidence of a physical god right you know right uh and it, it's very philosophical and metaphysical mm-hmm. which that's the only arguments i could see that really feed into right that. i see people say like oh well look at you know look at amphibians and like isn't that amazing or they like yeah. try looking at all these physical things you're like i just don't see it there's yeah. there's something deeper that's happening uh within um so i'm trying not to yeah sorry it, it gets really difficult to try because i'm trying to like i suck quali- you into a weird conversation because I'm, I'm catching myself trying to qualify every everything i'm saying yeah. without sounding uh you know like new agey or anything yeah um but uh, yeah, what I like to do is just focus on my own difficulties. Right. And, right. And, you know, not what I prescribe for anybody else. Right. Uh, and be just, com- and yeah. and in general, be compassionate. Yeah. And, uh, to to everybody. Yeah. And it, that that fits pretty much all religions. Yeah. So yeah. you know, yeah. and and that's you know, let's you know, I've said this a dozen times on a podcast I was getting to the point where my empathy and compassion were just gone yeah I just I was judgmental and yeah you know I was, yes. I was Archie Bunker type yes. and, and yes. I uh, I didn't like what I saw yeah. and I yeah. looked you know I looked at myself from the outside and said I gotta change this yeah and I did the same thing as you I went through therapy and all that kind yeah. of stuff and I'm like yeah. I had to find out where this was coming yes. from and yes. nip it <laughs> yes. yes nip that in the bud baby that's uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because you believe doesn't mean all your problems have gone away. That's right. right now. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, my it's, I spent a while trying to save my you know, quote unquote, save my wife. You know, she mm-hmm. was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and she, you know, I as long as I can remember, had always struggled with belief. Mm-hmm. You know, and she has always told me since she was born, she's never questioned her belief. Mm-hmm. You know. And it always made me wonder, it's like, why why would she have it so easy? And me, yeah. and I was supposed to have it right all the time. Why yeah. was it so hard for me? Mm-hmm. And uh, But then, you know, once I stopped worrying about everybody else's, what everybody else believed, yeah. and focused on, you know, possibly what I believe. Right. You know, it's, uh, all of a sudden, I stopped having that stress. I, yeah. I don't stress about whether I'm going to heaven or hell anymore. Right, know? right. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, which was really a, a terrifying. I mean, it's the thing that kept me up but right. at night. Yep. So, um, and not and not in a good way. You know, some mm-hmm. people would say, "Oh, well, you need to be terrified of hell to believe in God." That's a messed up way of looking at it. Exactly. You know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember interview with Jerry Lee Lewis, and and he said several times in the interview, "I'm a God fearing man," and yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and the stuff that he did, you know, it oh, just yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, 
it's it, it's a it, it's a weird paradox. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. 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 I, I hope I don't. <laughs> I hope I. I hope some kind of cohesive thought came in. Oh, it did. <laughs> it did. Because it's uh, I'm yeah. no theologian or anything, and right. I, I I actually try not to talk too much about this because I I I struggle with it, and so I don't have any real answers. Yeah. Um, except to describe my struggles, right? And that's all I really can describe. Yeah. But I feel better about myself than I have in a long time, right? And some of my songs that come out, um, kind of like, you know, is he questioning God or you yeah? Know, is, uh, you know, there I have some songs that'll be coming out, um, sometime in the future that I'm working mm-hmm. on now that are dealing with this kind of belief issue or, or uh, faith struggles and stuff, right? It's, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's just hard to it's hard to do, but I mean, all yeah. because you say you have a hard time doesn't mean, you know, right? It's not worth. Yeah. It. Oh, anyway, so. Well, I think not saying you have a hard time is lying to yourself a little bit yeah. because we've all, you know, we 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 all have these crises of faith. And, oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's a um, constant struggle, you know. Study study some philosophy, and you'll find out uh, find out the struggle is real. So I love Soren Kierkegaard. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was like, "There's no physical reason to believe in God." Yeah. He said, "Faith is a leap." Yeah. He's like, "That's all I got." Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's, I don't know if you're familiar with Soren yep. Kierkegaard. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. So, yeah. Yeah. I just finished a novel that was uh, it's it was a self published thing that uh, I got on a- my Amazon Prime membership for yeah. free and it was so funny because it was uh, like this adventure horror adventure novel and mm-hmm. it just got totally deep in the philosophy I mean, oh yeah, yeah yeah he he was just masking his uh, his philosophy thing yeah, in the yeah, novel yeah. and it, it was interesting it was cool like uh, some yeah. objectivism thing yeah yeah like uh, Ayn Rand like, yeah 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 this is my basically my whole theoretical belief of how things work but yeah. I'm gonna put it into a novel yeah yeah, yeah. I'm reading an IT book that does the same thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's actually a very good book, but yeah, yeah it's it, it's funny. It, and when you put it in that narrative, uh, and when you get characters and yeah. a story and stuff like that, you actually remember it more than than a text. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, these textbooks you, you you read, you can get through three chapters yeah. without going to sleep. And this, you know. Yeah. I, I I'm I have a tough time putting it down until John Galt starts preaching at you for ninety pages. Yeah, you know, then you're like, oh my gosh, I was really into this book. Now you're just basically yeah preaching to me. Yeah. So um, this episode is going to come out probably a week from Monday. Do you have any gigs coming up that you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm playing. Um, well, I'm playing Running Vine and they're in Chesterton. Okay. I'm playing there. Uh, kind of first time I've, you know, tried to get out that way. Yeah. Um, they'll start hitting up Valpo and, and once my EP's out, I'll be able to start pushing for Chicago. Oh, yeah. Because most of those places require some kind of music uh-huh. before they accept you. So I'll, you know, go to uh, Chicago and then up to like Ann Arbor and stuff mm. like that, trying to hit up there. But, uh, yeah. Coming up this weekend, running vines, and then I have um, the standing, standing for standing right, rock. Right, um, a lot of my uh, favorites are going to be there. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be going to be a lot of good music. I hope it raises a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. that's that's a neat thing. Jenny, yeah. Jenny Miller, and who's the other one that's 
working with that. I know Jenny's. Oh, Eli Khan. Yeah, Eli's. Yeah. Big into it, and yeah. I don't know if David Guthrie's going to be there or I if he's so. still in. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think he I was just in DC. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's that's neat. I'm going to try to yeah. get to that. No, it's going to be good, and I, uh, you know, I've. I think it goes. I have a strong distrust for Trump and that kind of stuff, but <laughs> but I, I have a strong distrust for multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah. You know? And um, uh, even though I'm not a super liberal, I think once you hit a certain threshold, you stop caring about humanity. Yeah. And um, there's um, a lot a lot of things and decisions that are being made mm-hmm. based on massive amounts of money yeah um and i think this is one of them yeah i think uh i i i think it's something that's being pushed through mm-hmm. um and i think there are legitimate uh ecological concerns yeah um and i side with uh with the standing rock people mm-hmm. on that. so I'm, I'm excited about maybe some raising some money for them right right you know, I don't know if the, of course you never know what the best route is to support people, but yeah. we're just trying to raise some money for yeah. them. Uh, so that's what it's all about. And these the, these events and the women's march and and things like that. You know, I was I was listening to a lot of point counterpoint on whether it's effective or not. Mm-hmm. And and one person I was listening to NPR and one person said that. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of people show up for this stuff mm-hmm. and then they're going to go home and they're not going to do anything. But there is a percentage of those people who are going to become real activists. And if they can get organized, then they can really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and they um, compared that to the civil rights movement. Yeah. The civil rights movement was actually very organized mm-hmm. and uh, uh, very specific in what they were doing. Yes. And and it took a long time yeah. uh, to to really get things going, yeah. but they they had to keep at it. Yeah, and you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So I had one guy. Uh, they were talking to two people. One guy was uh, the um, um, the uh, Occupy Wall Street. One of, one of the guys who started Occupy Wall Street, yeah. and he was a guy that said this absolutely doesn't work. He said the these types of yeah. marches and events they just don't work. Yeah. And then the other the other person was a, I think a professor and and she said she said they don't work if you just do it and walk away. Yeah. She says but a certain well, percentage yeah. a Not certain specific. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A certain percentage of these people are going to walk away and they're really going to be um, active and yeah. they are going to get organized and, and things yeah. are going to happen. Yeah. You have to have these types of events to get organized. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. If if Occupy Wall Street if they were like these are our three points. We mm-hmm. want people to be responsible mm-hmm. to have serious fines or imprisonment for right. what they did and right. screwing over my 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 parents and grandparents' yeah. funds. You right. Know? Like there's people working on Walmart right now because they were screwed yep. over a lot of money. Yeah. You know, while mm-hmm. nobody went to prison, to, <laughs> but they still made billions. Right. Like, that is a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and if somebody, if they said this is what we're about, mm-hmm. they could have gotten something done. Right. You know, and. Just going there and hanging out, and, yeah. You know, doing that kind of thing. It 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 just seemed with it seemed you know if you don't have a specific point, it seems frivolous. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And uh, that's why I like about Standing Rock thing though is it's very specific. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's very focused mm-hmm. on a specific f- issue. Right. You know, 
and um, and without people trying to raise money, mm-hmm. there's still going to be Native Americans who right. are doing that regardless of the help. Right. I mean, there's. I mean, it's you know several feet of snow out there. Yeah. They're out there right now. Right. You know? Yeah. Um. So that's that's what I appreciate about that, and um. You know, I know the. I know nobody seems to care about the waterways and and uh, clean air or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in this country, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, or at least as far as our government's concerned, but um, it's a serious issue. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, you know, I mean, there's no, uh, you know, uh, you know, economics are important too. There's, so it's it's a hard thing to balance out. Right. You know how to how to benefit our country economically and ecologically right right by just by going for increased gains alone if Mm -hmm. that's your primary goal um you're you're missing it's very short-sighted yeah it's very short-sighted yeah yes that's and that's 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 what i'm scared of the most because you know it's you know we're gonna see you know we're gonna see some quick economic recovery but is it what's going to happen yeah well it'll be on the backs of energy uh, and and tech and as far as energy is concerned like in oklahoma mm-hmm. it's a energy centric state it's it's economic well-being is centered completely yeah. around energy yeah. or, or oil fossil fuel energy. Mm-hmm. and um uh, if you put a lot of reliance into that it's it's unstable mm-hmm. and uh you know they they can't fund their schools because yeah gas prices went down yeah you know yeah my son's scared my my son is a huge conservative and he is scared to death of trump because he he's so anti-science and my son's in the science field yeah which makes what's gonna happen yeah i know so yeah exactly so what do you actually legislate i mean how do you actually make decisions legislate yeah and stuff yeah 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 i i I, that is a major issue too yeah uh anyway (laughs) Yeah, so Standing Rock is my next thing. Yeah, um, and I'm hoping I'll play I'll play that one right. that one song. Yeah, um, how can uh, how can people follow you and find out about where you're going and stuff? Um, well, I'm at uh, Safflemusic.com, S-A-F-F-L-E music.com. Okay, uh, and then I'm at uh, Saffle Music on on Facebook okay. as well. Kirk Saffle on right. Facebook. Um, and yeah, yeah, my. Actually, my wife and I will be, we're planning on combining our websites okay. and kind of branding ourselves as a, as a, I don't know. I, I don't want to just be a musician without a family. So yeah. I figure if I brand myself from the get-go as a family guy making music. The, yeah. Uh, and then my wife writing, you know, then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be able to rise together. So we're right. actually going to combine our, our websites. But uh, uh, but for now, it'll be sapphilmusic.com. Yeah. So. Okay, great. And I think you're on Facebook too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Saffle Music is right. my is my Facebook music okay. page. Okay. Okay. So, Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Which I'm working on. I'm figure. You know. You know. That was something Jake made fun of me for is because I didn't even <laughs> yeah. have one. Yeah. Like when I went to the uh, actually I we went we went to the singer I went to singer songwriter competition and he was like he like looked me up he's like dude you just put this in two days ago. <laughs> I think he told me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Because I so. went up to, I think I went up to him. I said, "Who's this guy? He's yeah. great." And he, he's like, "Yeah, he's got a music page, two days old." Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I'm completely new to this, yeah. You know? So yeah. it's uh, which is good and bad, but right. uh, but uh, I think having recorded music that I can either sell or push, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, this is what I am right now. Yeah, uh, I, I think it'll uh, it'll make it'll make the next step easier. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, I kind of hit the threshold of people right. knowing me to get help me with shows. You right know? now, I need to get to the next level. Yeah, and, and yeah. hopefully, recording EP if it's if it's good, you know great will get me to the next level yeah well i'm a i'm a huge fan and thank you from from you. minute one i was a huge fan and my my wife's a huge fan and i she went out for pizza after work so uh mm-hmm. she's she's not here to tell you how much of a fan she oh. is but uh yeah she's a huge fan too <laughs> well, so thank you thank we're you. uh we're, i need fans fans we're, we're, so. we're definitely pulling for you <laughs> so you've definitely you definitely got the over 50 crowd yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm I'll take it. At man. least the two over fifties that it. actually go out. They're and see the ones that are more likely to buy music. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. People my age are just streaming. Yeah. So yeah. So can you do a song for me? Sure. Okay. Sure, sure. Great. Okay. Hang on, folks. Kirk's gonna do a song for us. Yeah. I'll always know your name Every single hour, every single day When you're feeling You're always in my heart, you're always in my soul I still read every single word that you wrote I want to know the feeling like a Dipping in the cool, dipping in a clear stream Weaving sludge into the smoke You're always in my heart, you're always in my soul 
All right. Oh, a little cracky, Kirk's man. Apple, thank you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, man. See, you're my voice. Sheesh. That's all right. You've been using it. 